Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the second Sunday after Christmas for the week of January 2nd, 2022, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited for two different reasons, or actually multiple different reasons. One, Happy New Year. Two, we get a second Sunday after Christmas, which doesn't happen every year, and it's super exciting when it does. And both of these are just super exciting to me. I know it also lists in there three. We had a donation this year to hashtag Team Seas, a project that's been being worked on to help kind of collect and dispose of pollution in our seas on behalf of the Faith and Science podcast. And I'll attach some links down below about that. So that was pretty exciting. And I'll attach even the link. If you checked out our Twitter account, there was a tweet talking directly about that. And there's been a major project that I have been teasing for literally years on this podcast that I've had some major headway in. I'm not quite 100% ready to announce it, but some major, major changes are coming to the podcast, hopefully by the end of the month. I really want to make sure it's definitely before the end of the month, and we'll see if I can make it faster than that. But I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to revolutionize how this podcast works, revolutionize how we're getting and interacting on this, and I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to move us into a new phase, and as you can kind of hear in my voice, this is something that I've been working on. It's been somewhat time-consuming, but it's exciting. It's caused me to look and reflect on a lot of different things, especially here at the beginning of year five now. We've done four complete years of the podcast, and now we're beginning the beginning of year five. So I'm excited about this, and I'm excited about where we're going, what we're walking into, and to see where God takes us, because it's really going to be in God's hands here. So Let's just jump into the second Sunday after Christmas that we don't always get because Christmas is a 12-day holiday, so make sure you're celebrating all 12 days. So let's just jump into it this week. We have a lot of readings. The Old Testament reading is from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 7 through 14. Remember, Jeremiah has this kind of difficult task of working with these people who have been persecuted. They've been dragged through the mud in a lot of ways and trying to remind them that God has not abandoned them. And so a lot of this text is kind of looking at how God works and is still working among the people and bringing the people of Israel at this point, the remnant of Israel together. And that even through the hardships that have gone on, the things that have divided them and separated them, that God is going to bring them together and help comfort through the difficult things, to bring them out of their sorrow, to work with them, to walk with them, that God hasn't abandoned them in this time. The alternative Old Testament reading is out of the Apocrypha, which is always fun to dig into. We're in Sarah, chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. And this is where we get to hear really interesting text talking about Lady Wisdom and how Lady Wisdom works within us and is working to connect with us and be able to recognize how Lady Wisdom works and walks among us and recognizing how she is connecting and talking through the world around us. And you have to remember, in this case, Lady Wisdom is would be kind of the Holy Spirit in a way of looking at 
the triune God in a different way and how God is still working within nature and nature around us and is trying to be comforting to us if we're allowing her in. The psalm then this week is out of Psalm 147 verses 12 to 20. And this is, again, praising God for what God has done and God is still working with us, but also having then the healthy fear of how God is in control. And like it says here in verse 16, gives snow like wool and scatters frost like ash and hurls down hail like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? Which Remember, this is coming out of a people that spend a lot of time in the desert. So these would be scary things. These would be very life-altering things that suddenly have happened and it kind of changes your day-to-day. So again, this dependence and in a way healthy fear, but realizing that in that we're also provided peace that passes understanding and a peace that is trying to help us and guide us. The alternative psalm this week is out of the Book of Wisdom or the Wisdom of Solomon. Again, one of these Apocrypha books, chapter 10, verses 15 to 21. This, again, is working with Lady Wisdom and how she is, and it's using the pronoun she with a lot of this, she is a servant of the Lord and is working in and amongst nature and around us and stirring the people and gathering them together. And that it's this decision within us to be able to follow where Lady Wisdom is leading us, to be able to sing praise to where God is trying to steer us, or are we going down that wrong path where Lady Wisdom is going to continue to try nudging us as we are trying to get edged back on the right way. The New Testament text this week is out of Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. This is then kind of a nice little summary here that gets accredited to Paul on, again, of what has Christ done for us, the adoption of Christ for taking on what we did, and then how does that reflect in our actions? How do we then respond because of the lavish love that has been laid upon us and that This is then the inheritance that has been given to us because of what Christ has done. And then how are we going to walk that out? What is our reaction because of these things? Is it form us and push us and shape us to live differently because of this? The gospel text this week is out of John chapter 1, optionally verses 1 to 9, but I'd recommend them, and verse 10 through 18. I love how John starts his gospel. It's very poetic. In a lot of ways, people kind of, I've heard like Caroline Lewis kind of reference it as kind of Jesus's birth story in John, but it's more also kind of a poetic way of almost connecting it back to Genesis and how John is coming to lead in the light and help people acknowledge the light, even though there are going to people who reject him, but this is the beginning of that and that that the word is going to become flesh. It's going to become a person and that we'll then be able to see then some of the glory of what God is doing. 
and that this has been something that has been promised and that through this we will be able to start seeing the heart of what God is all about. Some theology that definitely comes in when you're dealing with the book of John as we've talked about before, but an interesting week all around very more, a little bit theology-dense week, especially that we're still trying to celebrate Christmas here. But I do think there is some definite ways we can talk about how science comes into this. But before we talk about how faith and science come together this week, we have to do our shameless plugs for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, or discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to be able to help bring you this podcast. I love being able to check out Working Preacher, having three to four different seminary professors there talking through these texts, along with having over 10 years of doing this and commentaries that go along with these different readings. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Another resource that I really recommend using is the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt.edu. I really like it because it has all these texts in a really nice way to be able to look at them all together. And what I really also enjoy is that it has the art from around the world throughout time that have been linked with these different texts. So it's really helpful to come at it and look at it from a different perspective. How has different artists interpreted and thought about and looked at these texts? So if you haven't checked out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from the library at Vanderbilt.edu, I'd highly recommend that also. My final shameless plug this week is checking out The Chosen. If you haven't checked out The Chosen, it's a fundraised project, a a community like kickstarted type project where we're all pitching in to do this. They have funded yet another season of this. They are on going to be filming here then next season three and it's really been exciting the little bits and pieces that I've been able to check out I've been slowly trying to work through some of these and the beginning of laying out Jesus's ministry trying to show that it's really a great place to actually spend some time and really dig into these scriptures and see how the text comes alive on screen so if you haven't checked out the chosen I'd highly recommend that also The difficult thing that I find this week to really be able to look at all these texts is that we are talking about wisdom a lot. Looking at how in Jeremiah that God is still working with the people, even though that they've gone through a lot, to continue to trust, continue to see how God is working and how God is still there and trying to bring the flock together, trying to mourn with them, but trying to also see, like, look at how I've still been with you in your gardens and through the different day-to-day things that you're doing, seeing that. We saw in Sarah and also in the Book of Wisdom or the Wisdom of Solomon, how wisdom is around and is trying to steer us, trying to guide us, trying to lead us, and also helping us try to acknowledge how where God is in the creation of what is going on, the creation around us, that God is in that. And we see that in the Psalm, the recognition of how God is this, but also God has power in that healthy fear that we have of God, recognizing that God is in control and we're not. The Ephesians text reminding us of a yet again, even in this Christmas season, there was a reason that Christ was here. There was a job to be done on our behalf. And that because of that, then what do we walk into? How do we use this to be able to move us in the right direction, to help steer us in the right direction? 
And then yet again here at the end from John, this poetic way of introducing John's gospel and introducing how someone was sent before to be able to help prepare the people for what was coming next, to help recognize and help us acknowledge what Christ was doing for us and what Christ was going to do. And so that we were prepared for that. When I thought about this, because wisdom, it's not exactly like you can study wisdom in science. But then I thought about it in a way you can. When science works as it's designed, it does do that. And what I mean by that, the whole idea that science is built upon each other, it's built upon the wisdom of others. It's the whole reason that when you have an idea, when you test a hypothesis, that you come up with a result, that we have peer-reviewed journals. And we've talked about this before, how there's at times things that get a little bit wary there, but it's something that when science is done well and done correctly, that we're taking this science, it's then going and being essentially tested again, that it's then becoming a peer-reviewed journal that we can repeat this process and this is what happens so that we understand a process to be able to then build upon it. You see, when I think of wisdom like within faith, it's something that we build upon. You have to have the foundation to be able to build upon it. If we look at what we've gone through in the last nearly two years, genetics has become a much bigger topic of conversation than it was previously. When we look at mRNA vaccines and how that whole process works, we have to remember where this all started. And you could argue the basic foundation of where this started is Gregor Mendel. The founder, this priest, who was cross-pollinating pea plants and then observing and doing the beginnings of like basic Punnett squares to be able to see how traits are inherited, thus opening up the door to how this stuff works so that when we get to like Watson and Crick, when we start getting to the basic foundations of DNA, that's built upon the basics of genetics. So that when we're getting to mRNA vaccines, that's built upon this basic foundation that we've continued to see that, yes, this is wisdom to be able to get to this point. We didn't jump from nothingness to mRNA vaccines. We got there building upon research from the past, built upon the shoulders of other people in the sciences. When we look at these texts, this should be the same type of thing for us with our faith, that the faith should be continued to be built upon the shoulders of those who have gone on before us. John is coming to prepare the people for the light, getting them ready for what Christ is going to usher in to get the people prepared for this life-changing thing. And that's especially kind of sticky this week when you're talking about that we have two books out of the Apocrypha, which are books that are acknowledged in some Christian traditions and not in others. And it's kind of typically within about a 350, 375-year window that these books are written so depending on your faith background, there's some that will say between the end of the prophets and Jesus is about 
350, 400 years. Some will say, no, there's these other minor prophets that are going on. Either way, and that those are kind of some of the books of wisdom and some other things, and that's a whole other rabbit hole for another day. But John then coming in to kind of pave the way to make straight a path, to prepare us for the coming of Christ is very, very different. Again, it's like to be able to understand like an, an mRNA vaccine, we have to be able to understand DNA. We have to be able to understand how it rep- replicates and makes an RNA strand and how that is what is the copy of the DNA that gets helps to be in the duplication process. And what hence why there is so much excitement about mRNA vaccines and how that could potentially change medicine going forward. But we have to then be able to acknowledge that this is built upon things that have come from the past. Hence why also when you look at Christ throughout the gospel, this is why Christ keeps pointing back. Christ keeps pulling out and reciting different scriptures throughout his ministry to be able to show in the connection backwards. Just like when you are sourcing a paper, when you get to that references section and you're noting, making notes in your discussion section on why you did things the way that you did, when you're even setting up the experiment in your procedure section talking about okay we're taking this procedure from this experiment and we're modifying it this way because of this reason so we can isolate this experience we're building upon the things that have been done in the past because again science is this idea that we are building upon the wisdom that we should be having within our own faith life should be built upon the ideas of things that we have grown from things that we have learned on our journey to continue to grow in our own faith to continue to move forward. I really enjoy this idea of looking at some of these apocrypha books even this week and acknowledging how is the wisdom of God being out in amongst the people and trying to help get us on that right path where God is trying to steer us, that God is calling us into, to help us recognize those places. It's in science, whenever you're going to research something, even if it's a new field, you have to acknowledge the foundations of what has been laid down before you to be able, what research do we have to even think this way? Faith is the same way. Acknowledging and being able to grow off of this. It's a basic fundamental principle on how science works. And in a lot of ways, it should be something that's acknowledged and probably done more within our own faith life. And we will never know the answer to this. How much of a trailblazer, how much was the path prepared by John? We don't have that much of his ministry written down. We know some of it. We know that it isn't exactly what Jesus was going to preach, but it prepared people for hearing it. How much of a trailblazer was John that we don't even know? How many people within the sciences have prepared us for futures that we did not yet know? I think of off the top of my head, Einstein with his theory of relativity and how we're still, even up to semi-recently, working to prove and it's showing that, yes, he had some things that were correct, that even though he couldn't show them, there was no way for him to be able to test it. But he had the hypothesis that it gave us something to be able to build upon and, yes, you are in the right direction. Nikola Tesla with the idea of alternating current, which has modernized our electricity grid for 
the modern age and even his basic technologies at least being acknowledged and somewhat utilized in electric vehicles and Tesla. It's not like it's totally Nikola Tesla's idea, but it's utilizing a lot of his technologies. Could have Tesla fully foreseen that and his time and his place? Possibly, probably not in the way that they are, but it's built upon the research and acknowledging what he was doing. We are so accustomed to that within day-to-day life. We don't acknowledge it and think about it in the faith. But in that, we have to have the wisdom to be understand what is worth building upon and what is worth putting to the side. A slight side tangent, that's where the church is at in a lot of ways. Where the church, as we're slowly progressing through this pandemic, the question to me that I think is blaring in the face is what is old history that needs to be put to the side and what are new things so that new life can be brought into the church and what is essential and what is not within our own faith traditions. I think that's some of the things that we're glaring in the face when we're introducing online worship, when we're introducing new technology, as we're building the church in new direction. What is the essential pieces? What are the things that we can actually build upon? And what are the things that need to be left to the side? Or what are the things that maybe we go down to grab on occasion that we're not using week to week? The telephone network was an advancement over telegrams. Do we get to telephones without telegrams? Probably not. But I don't think many of us are using telegram system consistently anymore. The church needs to continue to move in that direction also. That's one of the beautiful things that science does is you are trying to innovate. You are trying to move forward and sometimes you're on the cutting edge and you realize that the cutting edge is leading you in a direction that isn't helpful. So you have to let it go. And maybe at some point that technology is useful in something else, or maybe it's that that's as far as we can go at this point with this and we have to wait. Or sometimes we find that that cutting edge continues to be the cutting edge for a long extended period of time. Science is built upon itself. Faith is built upon itself. And the guiding force in both is the wisdom of others. The wisdom of acknowledging other people's work. The wisdom of acknowledging prophets gone on before us. The wisdom to be able to look and seek and see where God is steering us. And that's where, again, I think these texts also open up a door to helping us see and acknowledge how God is active and amongst us here and now out in the world in which we interact with day to day, because it's amazing how much our texts continue to remind us of that. And so we have to acknowledge that and look for that, building off the wisdom of what others have taught us, others have told us. As they have gotten to that part in their faith, are we going to just shut that out or are we going to look and acknowledge it so we can build upon it? Wisdom is tricky, but it's also important. It's one of the things I think in a lot of ways too, as we are moving through slowly this pandemic, we're missing. We're missing that human interaction to be able to get poured wisdom from both young and from old into our lives day to day. The beauty of the wisdom of a young child who doesn't know everything, but has the faith that we are all told to have, faith like a child. But don't overlook the person who's been in the pews for an extended period of time. They maybe don't have the youthful energy they once did, 
but they have the wisdom of a lifetime to be able to say, I wouldn't take that path. There's a lot of issues and a lot of heartache and a lot of temptation. But going through life, I've found this path is a lot easier. We need both and everything in between. It's the beautiful thing about the church. It's the beautiful thing about science building upon itself, utilizing other people's work to continue to move forward the ideas of knowledge. And isn't that what we're trying to learn also in our faith to better understand our creator, our God in and amongst us? So my tour question for you this week is going to be more of a broad brushstroke, but where are you going to look for some wisdom this week? Where are you going to look for some wisdom this week? Because I think for me, I've noticed, especially as we're starting into a new year, I'm reaching out to a couple different people and saying, I want to spend more time with you. I'm wanting to interact with you more. And I think underneath it, it's, I know there's wisdom there that you can help me learn. There's insight that you can teach me. Maybe you're my peer. Maybe you're older than I am. Maybe you're younger than I am but there's something that you can teach me to help me grow so that we can walk along aside each other and for a while maybe help us grow. And isn't that what the faith is all about? Isn't that the wisdom that God is steering us toward, that wisdom that we, the lady wisdom that we're looking for to help steer us in the direction to help us better acknowledge and understand God, better know that God loves and cares about us? I don't know about you, but that's something that I am looking forward to. But I would really enjoy hearing your feedback on where are you looking for wisdom. I'd really encourage you to get back to me this week. I really want to hear that because I think there's places that we all could learn from. And that's the beauty of faith. We can all learn from each other. And remember, a lot of times in science, it's the same way. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.